Hey everyone, welcome to Way of Life Podcast, where we firmly believe that everyone picks a way in life and what way you pick is extremely important and directly affects how you live. In this podcast, we seek to interview people from all around Australia and beyond on life's most important topics. Whether you're a Christian, a skeptic, or someone with a whole heap of questions, this podcast is for you. My name is Matt, a pastor living in Brisbane, Australia. This is Way of Life Podcast. Alrighty, um, okay. so we're gonna come together again just to do a little bit of quick and uh, quick and a Q and A. Uh, <laughs> might be quick, who knows? Um, and then you guys are welcome if you're here in person. We've got uh, just a light meal uh, out in the terrace that you're more than welcome to come and enjoy. Uh, have some fellowship. Maybe you want to talk about what we've been talking about tonight, what sure. that means for your life. But Peter, yep. loaded question. Loaded question. Okay. Hot, hot, top question that's here. Yeah. Who is your favorite grandchild? Boom. Okay, I can, I can see a bunch of hands going up there already. Um, okay, here's the answer. It's the one I'm with at the moment. In the moment. I'm like, I'm not your grandchild, Peter. <laughs> the one I'm with in the moment. Yeah, there you go. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, okay. In the moment. Okay, that's a good answer. All right. Whew. Okay. <laughs> They're all special, equally that, special. They are absolutely, every one of them, and every one of them um, extends my <laughs> prayer life. When, you know, I pray for every one of them together at the end of every day. And, man, uh, what a privilege and what a responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that answer. Um, so we've got another question. The suffering that happens to us, is that the will of God? Yeah. That, that's a really good question, isn't it? Because uh, we, we all have an aversion to suffering. Uh, and, and the truth is sometimes we suffer because we do dumb things. Isn't that right? Yep. Um, so back in the day uh, when I started teaching, I was a manual arts teacher, and I would remember times when I would be so busy talking to the students as I'm hammering away at something I'd built my thumb. Um, I suffered because I was being dumb. You know I mean? <laughs> Sometimes we suffer because we do dumb things. Uh, sometimes our suffering has got nothing to do with doing dumb things. Yeah. Sometimes our suffering is a consequence of living in a very broken world. Yeah. And our world has been broken because of sin. And it's not just our own sin. It goes right back to the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Yeah. Uh, and I love the way when Paul writes to the Romans, he reminds them that the whole of creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to this present time. He, he looks at the, the whole of the created order and says the created order groans under the weight of sin. And so uh, there is so much suffering in our world, which is a, a, an ongoing and tangible evidence of that. Mm. But there's also something else, I think, to be reminded of. Yes, sometimes God does allow us to suffer for his own greater purposes. Sometimes, like Job, we do not actually get to see behind the curtain, as it were. And as you read the first few chapters of Job, we get to see behind the curtain of what is going on in the heavenly realm. Job is not privy to that. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why he is suffering the way he is suffering. Yeah. But God is still in control. 
We see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane who suffers and he sweats, as it were, great drops of blood. Unbelievable suffering. Yeah. But it was within the will of God. So I think that we've, we've just got to be really careful. Absolutely. I mean, one of the big problems for, for Job's comfortless comforters uh, was that they, they basically came to Job and said, Job, you must have been a naughty boy because only bad things happen to bad people, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the book of Job is there to, to remind us that that is not true. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Would you say that sometimes suffering can as well kind of shape you um, in, in ways that probably... I, I'm sure it does. I'm reminded of how James... Always, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Well, remember in James chapter 1, he says, Count it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into trials of varying kinds. Which sounds like so totally counterintuitive. Thanks a lot, James. You've got no idea what I'm going through. Count it pure joy whenever you fall into trials of various kinds. And you'll notice that he doesn't say if you fall into trials. He says whenever because there is a degree of inevitability about it. We will all face trials. But James says count it pure joy because God knows that it is through the crucible, as it were, of suffering that God builds perseverance in us that God builds spiritual strength and stamina. Yeah. And it is often the case that we perhaps grow more vigorously through our seasons of suffering than we might have when life is a bit of ease. Yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. So we've got another, another question. Um, does Acts 16, Acts chapter 16, and the opening door yep. um, that it refers to imply following God is the easy path that is not blocked? Yeah. Okay. Really good question. Um, I think that we've got to be, and this is why I spoke about those, those five things um, coming together, because the, the apparent um, open door or as I described it, the divine ordering of circumstances or the appearance of the divine ordering of circumstances. Uh, we've got to be really careful about just finding a, as it were, an open door saying to ourselves, ah, this must be the hand of God. Uh, do you remember Jonah? When God says, I want you to go and I want you to preach against that wicked sin of city Nineveh. And Jonah decides that he doesn't want to go and preach against Nineveh, actually Spain is looking pretty good at this time of the year. <laughs> and so he heads on down to the seaport of Joppa and he just happens to find a ship bound for Tarshish on the Spanish coast. I mean, talk about divine providence. Um, this <laughs> this is the, the open door. Yes, of course, I must have got it wrong. God didn't want me to go to Nineveh. He wanted me to go for a holiday to Spain. And so I think we've just got to be really careful about that um, because we can we can kind of very – the Scriptures remind us, doesn't it, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And we can kind of manipulate our reading of the circumstances in whatever way we want. So, yeah. And my point there is simply – when I put together that constellation of those five things, as I genuinely am committed to walking in faith and obedience, that's when I think that we can actually begin to have a sense of confidence. Yes, that at the right time, God will open the right doors. I don't need to go kicking doors down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'll open them. 
I've got a couple of questions here which are quite similar in a way, but they're very good questions. Um, what, what do you do if a decision seems ambiguous? Is it better to try uh, and discern that way or just kind of let it go? Yeah. Uh, and there are times when it, it, it does seem quite ambiguous, doesn't it? We're, we're, we're desperately trying to know the will of God. We're trying to uh, make a wise call. I think there are sometimes, in the case of ambiguity, ambiguity, when it does us well to know what it is to wait quietly upon the Lord. Mm. You see, I think sometimes we, we, we want an answer and we want it now, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's like the person who's praying for patience. Lord, give me patience now, you know. <laughs> um, you know we, we kind of want the immediacy of it. We want the answer now. And, and yet I think sometimes... There is much to be learned in the process of being still and waiting upon God. Mm. And, and certainly that's been our own experience. Times where, uh, where we have felt as if God has been, uh, as it were, ruffling our, uh, or uns ruffling our feathers, uh, um, unsettling our nest yeah. uh, in a sense that we've got a sense that God has something else in view, but there's no clarity and my impatient spirit would want to say, but Lord, come on, g give me an answer. Show me, show me a sign, you know. And there are times where it seems to me that God has just wanted us to say, yes, I got your attention and that's just what I want. Now I want you to wait quietly upon the Lord. And in my own time, and in my own way, I will open the door mm. when the time is right. Yeah. No, that's really helpful. Really good. Another awesome question. What is the relationship between the will of God and our free will uh, to live daily? Uh, for instance, does he care what housework I do, how often I go out and with whom and that, that type of thing? Sure. So um, when it comes to the will of God, does it? do I get up of a morning and I look in the, the pantry and I say, man, I got wheat picks and I got vitamins, oh, man. Uh, and and I've got cocoa pops. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to touch the cocoa pops. All right, it's no good for you at all. So all right, all right. So I've already already figured the will of God on that one. I'm not okay. Uh, I mean, does the will of God come down to things like, you know, whether I have two slices of toast for breakfast or whether I put Vegemite on it or or whatever, you know? Um, well, obviously Vegemite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay, you heard it from the pastor. You got the answer. That's all you needed. All right. Um, I, I, I think we've got to be really careful about trivialising the will of God in that respect. But you, you asked, or the, the person who put that question asked about, um, you know, should I be doing the house cleaning or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the will of God is not so much about should I be doing the house cleaning, but what should be my attitude in doing the house cleaning? Mm. Doing all things to the glory of God. Exactly. Whatever you do in word or deed, yeah. do it all as unto the Lord. And so um, this is the will of God. We, we know that this is the, the command of will of God. Yeah. That my attitude in the doing of what I do mm. is paramount to God. Yeah. And so um, do I wash the car this coming Saturday? I don't feel like it or whatever, you know. When that, yeah. that, that, that's not a question in terms of discerning the will of God. Yeah. But my attitude in all that I do, 
should actually resound to the honour and the glory of God's name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. One last question. Um, or maybe one more after <laughs> that. Does discernment of God's will matter if we are considering a career or job opportunity that's outside of the church or, say, like a parachurch ministry? Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. Well, Sweet. there you go. Pastor's yeah. <laughs> giving me a tip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, look I, I think it really does. Um, I'm going to confess that when I went into teaching, um, I didn't realize how much I was going to enjoy it. I went into teaching and I just had a blast. Man, I love my job. And for the first three years of my teaching career, um, I just I just loved what I was doing. But I re remember very clearly about three years into it, God absolutely challenged me. And the challenge was simply this, that for the first three years of my teaching career, I was a teacher who in one sense happened to be a Christian. And the challenge that God brought to my heart was, Peter, you have got this all wrong. Mm. You are a child of God. You're a Christian who happens to be a teacher. Mm. And that completely changed my whole outlook on my job. And the curious thing was, over the next number of years in my teaching career, God just kept opening up gospel opportunities, and I saw dozens of my students come to faith. Mm, that's so that good. had not happened prior. And, and so my, my point is simply this, whatever you do, in the economy of God there is not a secular, sacred divide. God is profoundly interested about absolutely everything mm. in our lives. Yeah. And so if I've got a job in what we might call a secular environment, God is profoundly interested in that. He's profoundly concerned about that because where he has me placed is where he's put me on mission. Yeah. And uh, I'll put on my other hat. My other uh, area where I lecture is in the area of missions. Now, if you're a child of God, I want to remind you that you've been called to be a sharer in the mission of God. And God has a purpose and plan for you in the place that you work hmm. because you are there as an agent of Christ and his gospel in this world. Amen. Amen to that. End on a, a little bit of a funny note here. And a bit of a laugh before we wrap up tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts on Vegemite? <laughs> what is my thought on? Vegemite. Vegemite? Yeah. Okay. Is well, it a staple for you in breakfast time? Well, it, like, it, do you pray to God? It does. I, I, or should I, I be doing Vegemite? I, I, I never pray about Vegemite. So, <laughs> but it's a no-brainer. Things like Marmite and Promite, um, I... I wouldn't say that the, the devil's food. That's probably a, a, an overstatement. But you were thinking but, it. No. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the Vegemite does put a rose in every cheek for those who do remember that. So, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I've got a fellow Vegemite lover. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, like the vitamin B does you good. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again, Peter. Thank you for answering our questions. Um, let's give him another hand, guys, just as we finish up the night. So thank you to everyone who came along uh, tonight and thank you for everyone who's streaming online. I hope you got a, a lot out of this. Really encourage you. Part of why we do these kinds of conversations is 
uh, not just to gain knowledge, but to, to work out where we stand on these different things. But more than anything, is to, to, to look at how does this affect my life? How, how does this affect how I uh, follow Jesus and how can I do that better? Um, so I encourage you to have some conversations after this and uh, ponder on that. Have some fellowship, have some food. But once again, thank you. And, uh, Absolute privilege. Thank we'll, you. We'll catch you guys later. And I'll catch you out in the terrace for those of you who are here. Thank you.